0: Okay, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 is where we're going to begin. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but also much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Then here's the transition verse to next week. Do all things without grumbling ...or questioning. Father, we thank you for uh, all that you have done in us in salvation. I pray that, God, you'd make that real today in our hearts. Just the, the, the amount of riches that you have placed in us... ...and accomplished for us in our salvation. And Lord, we want to work that out. We want to work that out in practical holiness. God, we want to work that out in new desires and a new heart... ...and a new way to love, a new way to prioritize... God, we want to work that out. And, Lord, I pray for your power, the power of the Holy Spirit to work that out in us. Lord, sanctify us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I had uh, one of the most painful days that I've ever had in my life, mountain biking on Tuesday, which says a lot because I've had a lot of painful days, uh, mountain biking. Uh, but we had gone to uh, pick up my van um, my van had been broke down for a couple months and it was broke down. We had it in the city and then it, we got it out of the city and it broke down in Gary. And so it was in Gary for a couple of weeks and finally got it, got it fixed and uh, uh, got it back. It actually it, it, it worked great for two days. They, they were glorious days. We will always fondly look back on Tuesday and Wednesday as, as great days in our family and, uh, it's the, the quit working again, but we had two days. So yeah, you, you, you got to look at the positive, you know? Uh, so anyway, so we were going to get that. And, and that's why I asked a guys, I said, Hey, let's, let's go get the van. If you'll take me up there and we'll bring our bikes and we'll ride at Roman Nose. and Romanos is a pretty hard course. And, and, uh, so we were going to, we we're going to do that. And so we did that and, and we rode and the first lap was absolutely glorious. Um, I have never ridden there without blood. And I did the first lap. I, I did not bleed at all. And, uh, it's a lot of rocks and so mistakes are costly. And, uh, man, I rode the whole lap and I, I wasn't super fast, but I never am, but I, I kind of kept up with the, the other guys. And, and so, you know, the first lap was, you know, I was really giving a woohoo, you know, and I was really feeling good about myself, feeling, you know, a sense of accomplishment and the other guys were going to race the next lap. They were going to make it, you know, go all out and they're going to race. And I said, guys, look, you know, I'm tired, you know, and I can't keep up with you guys anyway. And so you guys go ahead, you go ahead. And, um. And you guys finished you got your own car i'll I'll take a leisurely ride, and then I'll, Ill I'll just see you in woodward and uh friends, there are some things in life that you cannot do leisurely okay that That's the point I want to make, and your spiritual life is one of those so so pay attention here there are some things in life that you to 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 give less effort will hurt you more. Does that make sense? To give less effort. Your spiritual life is exactly one of those things, okay? It's one of those things that if you throttle back and you say, you know what? I'm just going to coast. I'm just I'm just going to take it easy. I'm tired. And so I'm not going to try as hard. And then that way I'll relax. You're going to end up bloody, okay? You're going to end up bloody. I had two of the worst wrecks I've ever had in my life and there's absolutely no reason for them. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't even in hard spots you know I mean there, there's some hard things there. there there's this one shelf that I had ne- I've never seen I still haven't ever seen anybody ride it but Randall told me that Andrew actually rode it I mean it's like a, sh- a rock shelf it's about that high and you come off of it and that's not the bad thing you come off of it and then it's it's just a steep I mean you got to control your scent off of that thing and then as you land it you, you, you're, you're going straight down you know and you got to control and Andrew actually went off of that and made it and he crashed later on I heard but you know but he but he made it off you know but my crashes, listen, my crashes were on the Kitty hiking bridge, okay? I mean, it was like... I was just, I was thinking about other things and just, you know, not even, not concentrating. I was not riding hard. And, and I mean, I come around that, that, it's kind of a hairpin corner and you, you come back onto the bridge. I missed the entire bridge. Went right off the side of it into a tree. on I mean, the bike went over the top. I mean, it's just horrible. I've still got a, a pus, pus uh, seeping wound on my leg. I mean, it, it's... And, and, and it was a lesson. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. I mean, I had a lot of time to reflect. I was by myself. I tried to text my wife, just telling her, This is it. I probably won't see you again. You know, I wouldn't even send. I'm in the bottom of a canyon, you know. But I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking, Why did you do that stupid thing, Jason? Why, how could you wreck here? And the reason was, I throttled back. I wasn't riding hard. I wasn't focused. I wasn't concentrating. I wasn't, I wasn't aggressive. And listen, You've got to be aggressive in your Christian life. There are some of you, you hit these stages. I, I even know where they are. I'm ready for them. But you hit these stages. You know, your kids get a certain age. You know, your family gets real busy, whatever. And, 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 and your temptation is to back off and say, I'm going to give less effort to my spiritual life. That never ends well. There's a notorious story in the Old Testament in Second Samuel chapter 11. It's about David. David's a man after God's own heart, you know. Wrote the Psalms, went hard after God. But there's this one time in his life, Second Samuel 11, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle. David is a king; he's always gone out to battle. David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabah. But David remained in Jerusalem. What's he doing? What's he doing in Jerusalem? Maybe, maybe he's giving lots of effort to some other things. Maybe he's, he's you know, busting his tail to, you know, to, for the worship of the Lord. And not, who? Well, verse 2. It happened one late afternoon when David arose from his couch. What does one do on thy couch? We know, don't we? And he's walking on the roof of the king's house. And he saw from the roof a woman bathing. And she was very beautiful. And you know the rest of the story. Probably you know the rest of the story. David David struggles the rest of his life because of that. There are some things in life that you cannot give less effort to and be okay. So what's Paul telling us here? Well, he says in verse 12, the middle of verse 12, we're going to kind of focus on. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Did you hear that? Work out. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, now notice, you can really go wrong here. He does not say work for your salvation. Okay, that's completely different. And it's false, all right? You cannot work for your salvation. You cannot say to yourself, I want to be right with God. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to go to heaven. I, I, I want to be righteous. And therefore, I'm going to do some good things. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to give some money. And God's going to look down on me and He's going to say, Wow, that's a great guy. That's a great gal. It, uh, man, they're, they're, they're super. Hey, come on into the family. That never, ever, 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 ever happens. It cannot happen. We're broken. We're sinners. It's already done. We've already severed our relationship with God. We're enemies of God headed for the wrath of God. And the only way to have a right relationship with God is to receive his work on your behalf. Does that make sense? You don't work for your salvation. Jesus worked for you. Jesus lived the perfect life that you can't live. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for all of your mess ups, all of your your failures, all of your sin. Jesus paid for that. He completes his work. He raises from the dead. And now you come to him simply by faith. You come to him by repenting of your sins and embracing all that he has done. Embracing all that he he is he's the best thing ever and you put your faith in him and the bible says you're joined to Christ in salvation at salvation you are filled with glorious things all right let me let me let me make a little timeline here okay here's the line okay this is salvation so a person repents of their sin put their puts their faith in Christ what happens at that moment all kinds of things okay the bible says they're justified at that moment Romans chapter 3 verse 24 says we're justified by his grace as a gift not working for it as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So at that moment, they are justified. And what does justified mean? It means your legal standing has changed, okay? You, you were an enemy of God, now you're a friend of God. You were guilty, now you're innocent. You were under the wrath of God, now you're under the blessing of God. All of that happens, bam, the moment of salvation, okay? You, you don't get progressively justified, all right? It's like God says, well, you know, you were getting hell, now you're just getting the sweatshop, you know? and if you keep doing good then maybe we'll move you up to the you know, the the government housing and if you you keep doing good after that you know, maybe then the, I mean no, no that's not the way it works. At salvation we are justified we're adopted by the way at salvation, adopted into the family of God. We're now a son, a daughter of God at salvation there's not a process there's not court hearings, there's not house studies. If you adopt a kid in America you gotta go through all, they come to your house, make sure you don't have a tiger in the bedroom you know make sure you got more than twinkies in the pantry they do all kinds of things there's court hearings there's illegal red tape there's you know a waiting period no it's salvation it's done you're justified you're adopted you're forgiven you're forgiven you know not not like God's like hey, well I will tell you what, I'm not as mad at you as I was, but we're you know, we're going to see how this plays out. No, God doesn't forgive that way. God wipes your sins away. He takes them away. Psalm 103 says as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions. Okay? So at the moment of salvation, you're justified, you're adopted, you're forgiven, you're indwelt with the spirit of God. Romans 8 tells us if you don't have if you don't have the spirit, you don't have Jesus. So if you've got Jesus, you are indwelt with the spirit of God. He comes to live inside of you at the moment of salvation you're redeemed you're atoned for all of those things happen bam at the moment of salvation you don't you didn't earn them they were gifts of god's grace now here's the question that paul is getting at what happens after that okay so all this happened to me right here now what well i've got heaven up there and so 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 you should i well okay that happened now I just got to kick back where's my where 's my recliner where 's my cheetos where 's my remote you know wait for heaven what channels wheel of fortune on you know is that, is that it that no, i mean you got salvation and then there 's just nothing 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 and then you know someday you die and then there 's heaven you know and then you're then you're glorified and then you know no you know, you know what happens here it 's a word we theologians call sanctification okay so from this point on. There's sanctification. Now, Paul describes that in verse 12 as working out your own salvation. Okay, so think of it this way. God works in you right here, right? He works in you. Justification, adoption, forgiveness, redemption, atonement, indwelling Holy Spirit, all of that. God works in you. And now we begin to work that out. I mean, it only makes sense that that would come out, doesn't it? I mean, can you imagine all of that happening and then there's there's no change your, your practical day-to-day life doesn't change any? No. That's all got to come out, okay? It's all going to come out. I, I mean, you being justified ought to change the way that you mow your lawn. I mean, really. The, the way you mow. You ought to mow differently as a justified saint than you did as a sinner under the wrath of God. You ought to think of your grass different. You ought to think of bagging it and mulching it different. You ought to think of your neighbors different. You ought to think of the outdoors. Everything ought to change based on your justification. Being adopted in the family of God, that ought to change every relationship in your life. That ought to change how you think about sin. Being forgiven ought to change how you repent. I mean, everything in your life ought to change. You ought to be to work out your salvation. Let's talk about the word sanctification. Remember, sanctification is what happens from here, from the line on, okay, until glory. It's going to happen progressively. It's going to have more and more and more and more until we get to glory. Okay, how do we think about sanctification? Well, let me give you some biblical ways to think about that. One way is becoming more and more like Jesus. Less like Jason, more like Jesus. Romans eight twenty nine. Here we go. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed, conformed, made into... The image of a son. Okay? So what does sanctification mean? It means we become more and more like Jesus. Let me give you another way to think of it. These are not different. They're just different ways to say it. Okay? Ephesians 4.22 says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So Ephesians talks about sanctification in the sense of putting off who you were. Okay? you 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 were this old old self, your old self, who you were before christ, okay and you and, and you lived by deceitful desires you, you you lived by desires that weren't real you, you you loved all these things you shouldn't love, you wanted to do all these things you shouldn't do that's who you were and Paul says, "Put that guy off, put off your old self verse twenty three be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self." created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. And so Paul describes uh, sanctification in Ephesians 4 about, man, I'm putting off the old me, putting them off, putting them off, putting them off, putting them off, putting on the new me. 1 John 3, 9 describes sanctification as sinning less and less. Now notice I did not say not sinning at all, okay? If you are here this morning, and, and some of you are going to laugh you know, but I, listen, I've talked to a lot of people that believe this and it's just, it's just a, a misleading. Okay. If you're here today and you're like, <clears throat> uh, no sin here, uh, not a sinner. Okay. If you came in today thinking, I'm going to check out how the sinners live, you know, just watch them kind of like going to the zoo. You know, that's interesting. You know, if you came here today and, and, and you really think I'm not a sinner, you know, I don't do anything wrong. You know, I, I, God, God's fine. Everything that I do, God's like, yes. You know, listen, you are deceiving yourself. First John 1 eight says this: if we, have, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. However, if you are a born-again believer, okay? if all this has happened to you, you've been justified, redeemed, uh, filled with the spirit, all of that all that's happened to you, and you're not sinning less and less, here's a difference: not sinning at all, saying you're perfect, that's, that's a lie, okay? But a believer should be sinning less and less. First John three nine no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God, makes a practice of sinning. What does that mean? I know exactly what that means. Prior to my salvation, I made a practice of sinning. I was a habitual sinner. There were things in my life that were there, and I just kept doing them and kept doing them. And then I didn't repent of them, and I didn't come to Jesus, and I didn't get his help, and I didn't get his strength. And, and I I just, that was my life. That was my life. Now, am I perfect now? Absolutely not. Do I still struggle? Do I still fight? Yes, yes, yes. But God... Progressively is taking those some of those things out of my life. We're working on them. He's putting his finger, he's convicting. He's changing me. That's the process of sanctification. He's changing me. Is he changing you? Yeah, if you're saved, he ought to be changing you. There's been this explosion of grace in your life. How how could everything not change? Let me ask you a scary question. You know, this says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What if nothing's changing? What if you say this happened? What if you say, man, I'm in dwell with the Spirit of God. I'm forgiven. I'm, I'm justified. I'm right with God. But nothing's changing. There, there's no movement forward. There's, there's no repentance of sin. There's no fighting against sin. There's no battling, there's no building Christ in relationships, there's no loving my neighbor. There's I'm just the same guy that I always was. I just what friends, if nothing's happening here, if how can we be sure that something's gonna happen up there? How can we be content for nothing to happen, by the way? You know? I mean it's like that's like the the poor guy you know, winning a billion dollars in the sweepstakes. And the lawyer contacting him and saying, hey, you get your first $100,000 check this Friday. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just just keep it. I don't want any of it till the end. What? Give it to me on my deathbed. You, you laugh at that, but I, I've talked to people who said, I had the guy like this in my office. He said, I want Jesus. I want to make sure I'm going to heaven. I'm like, Cool, I'm glad you're here. Let's talk about Jesus. He says, "Yes, I believe. Yes, 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 yes. I want Him." And then he starts telling me, "But, but, I'm just—I'm not a church guy, and I don't even read my Bible. And you know, I really don't want to change the way I live. I think I'm pretty good as I am." I'm like, "Dude, you just said you want, you wanted Jesus, but now you're telling me you don't want Him. You know, basically, what he wanted—I don't want to go to hell for my sins." but I don't want Jesus that he didn't say that. That's essentially what he was saying. Okay. So what I'm telling you is if, if you've got, if you've got salvation, then that's going to work itself out. Paul says, work out your salvation. It's progressive. Okay. It doesn't all happen at once. It doesn't. Okay. Some of it happens at once that some of it does. That, that's kind of cool. You know, first Corinthians six, um, He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexually immoral, or idolaters, or adulterers, or men who practice homosexuality, or thieves, or the greedy, or drunkards, or revilers, or swindlers. That's us, by the way. I'll go ahead and raise my hand collectively for us all. That's us. And he says, such, verse 11, such were, 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 were some of you. But you were washed, you were, listen to this word, sanctified. You know the cool thing? At my salvation, God God took away a few of those things. Bam, like that. That was great. I remember the next day, I got saved in the middle of the night by myself. Next day, I'm driving to work, and I remember thinking, man, I'm never going to do that again. I don't want to. No desire. I mean, God just... just, he was already sanctifying me. Okay, but but that's been 20 some years ago and God has worked on me every day. Progressive, progressive. 2 Peter, listen to this. 2 Peter 1.8. Paul talks about it in the context of this passage. Paul talks about adding to your life, putting on. Faith and virtue and knowledge and self-control and steadfastness and godliness and brotherly affection, brotherly kindness, all all those things. And then in verse 8, he says, if these qualities are yours and are, do you see the next word? Increasing. Increasing. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next verse is even scary. Whoever lacks these qualities, nearsighted, they're blind. Folks, you ought to be progressing in holiness. So, so we, got, we got a timeline here, right? So salvation, come to put my faith in Christ. All these things happen, justified, adopted, forgiven. Okay, boom. Okay, now God begins to sanctify me, right? And then he's chiseling on my life, chiseling, chiseling. I repent. I put my faith in him. I start treating my wife better. I start looking at marriage differently. I start, you know, parenting my kids differently. Well, let's let's make this realistic. Then what happens? Um, job gets tough. Um, friend disappoints me. Right. Fall back. God disciplines me, rebukes me, convicts me. Start going again. Right. Then there's usually a little back. And there's a little up. And there's a little back. And there's a little up. You know. Some of us there's like a falling down and then getting back up. Right. But, but there's progressive, it's progressive all the way till, bam, death. What happens at death for the believer? Man, I'm rid of this fleshly old self, right? And now I'm perfected in Christ. Actually, I think there's still one more step, though. So I'm perfected in Christ. You say, well, how can there be one more step? Well, at the second coming of Jesus, over here by the drums, the second coming of Jesus, there's, there's a new body that I receive And now I'm able to actually live out my perfect faith in Christ in a new body, in a new heavens, in a new earth. Where nobody wrecks their mountain bike and I always beat Randall and Andrew. (laughs) It's going to be good. I can't wait. It's awesome. Notice... um, Notice this phrase. By the way, I lost my watch. If you've seen my watch, um, I always put it up here, you know. So, no, I didn't have it with me then. Um, hey, that's that's just for free. Um, work out, okay. Look, verse twelve. Work out your own salvation. You, you know that that verb "work out" first of all implies effort, okay. 2 Peter 1.5 says, make every effort to add to your faith. First, 2 Timothy 4.7, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Those are words of effort. Ephesians 6.10-18 has a whole bunch of effort words. Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He says, stand firm against the fiery darts of the evil. Okay, so there's all these One of my favorite verses, just because it, it kind of freaks people out, is, is Matthew 11.12. And it says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. A lot of people are like, what in the world does that mean? Okay, I get that totally. You know why I get that? Because my Christian life is full of violence, okay? Not not against you guys, you know. Not, Not against people. Against my own sin. Paul says in Romans 8, 13, put to death. The fleshly deeds in you. Listen, you got to give effort. You got to give aggression. You got to be focused in the Christian life. Everywhere in the New Testament, it says that. This is not a mamby-pamby thing. This is not a, well, God save me. I'm just going to see what happens. This is effort. This is blood and sweat and tears and focus and intention and, and continual effort in the Christian life. That's everywhere in the Bible. You're saying, well, hold on, pastor. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Verse 13 says, okay, so verse 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But then verse 13 says, but it's God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So I know your question. Your question is going to be, whoa, is it me or is it God? Is it my effort or is it God's power? Yes, it is. And by the way, just get used to that sort of thing. Because there's all kinds of that in Christianity. Okay? Tons of stuff. All right? Is God three or one? Which is he? Yes. He's one. One God. One God is one. And he's three. He's God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. Three distinct persons. Okay? three. To, it's not like God puts on the Holy Spirit mask and he's like, now I'm Jesus. Now I'm Holy Spirit. Now I'm the Father. No. He's three. He's, God is three and God is One. Is the Bible written by men or God? Yeah, it is. Yes, it's written by men. It's written by John and Paul and Luke. And their, their own distinct personalities come out in the writing and you, you see their writing styles. Is this, is this book written by God? Inspired, every word by the Spirit of God. Breathed out. Is salvation by God or men? Yes. Yes. Is all of God. God draws, God calls, God, God saves. You respond, yes, real. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, there's all kinds of those things in the scriptures. And so when we ask ourselves, is my sanctification, is it of my effort or is it of God's power? The answer is, yes, definitely. It is of your effort and it is of God's power. Okay, you got it. both those are present. And, and Paul doesn't see any inconsistency in that, by the way. Let me read you two verses by Paul. These are great. Colossians one twenty nine says, "For this I toil." What's toil? Toil is when you got sweat running down your face and you're giving it everything you got. Okay, in his spiritual life, he is toiling. Okay, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. What's Paul saying? It's all of my effort based on all of God's power. Let me give you another good one. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Though it was not I, but the grace of God in me. You see, how's Paul look at it? Yes, it's everything I got, and it's only by God's power. And listen, friends, that should encourage us, not discourage us. I've heard people say, well, if it's all of God's power, I'm just going to kick back, you know i'm just I'm just tired. First of all, you know what a lot of that is? A lot of that's just our own laziness. We don't like toil. We don't like effort. We were climbing that thirteen thousand foot mountain two weeks ago, and it just cracked me up. The kids would be like, "I'm tired. I, yeah, you know, I mean, that's the only option here, you know. If you were not tired, I would think either I was dead or you were dead. One or the other, you know. But the only way to get up there is tired. My legs are burning. Yes, yes. That's the way it goes. It can't be any other way. It should encourage us that God is working in our efforts. That should make us work more. Shouldn't it? Just knowing... Knowing that I'm going to give it all I got and then God's power is going to be there. That's so encouraging. Because there's a lot of other things where I give it all I got. It's just not enough. You see, outside of my spiritual life, there's a whole bunch of things where I give it everything. It ain't happening. Addie's Taurus broke down about a month and a half ago. I went to the parts store. I talked to Jason. He told me what to do. I got help the first time. I fixed it for three days. Broke down again. I fixed it again. It broke down again. I fixed it again. It broke down again. I fixed it again. It broke down again. I gave it away. (laughs) I said, you know, this is a sign. You know, I mean, God's telling me. Somebody's better at this than you, you can't do this, dude, and i couldn't. I just couldn't now I have to be okay with that. I am okay with that. It worked out fine. Listen that's not the case in your spiritual life. Is't that cool? How come you don't think that's cool? That is cool It's cool that spiritually i'm going to give it all I got. I want to love people better i want I want to love my family. I want to make a difference to people's lives i want I want to grow in holiness. And I'm going to give it everything I got. And then God's power is going to accompany that. You know what he's going to do? Look at this. Verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I love that first part. Both to will. To will, my friends. You know, before I was a Christian, you know what I genuinely thought? maybe, Maybe it's just dumb me. Maybe some of you thought the same thing. I thought Christians were people who just were better at being unhappy, you know, and not doing what they wanted to do. I mean, because I I mean, I wanted to be good. I wanted to not sin. I wanted to not be a jerk. And and I just thought, man, those people at church, they're just they're just better at that than me. You know, they just they just go and they don't do all the other stuff. And they just sit there and inside they're they're hating it. But they're they're going to gut it out because they want to go to heaven. I, mean, I thought that's what the, I thought the, I thought that's what you did. And then I got saved. And all of a sudden I realized God's changing my heart. And all my old friends that come up to me and they're like, man, I'm sorry for you. You know, I heard you're gonna be a preacher. Ugh, God, gosh sorry, man. And I'm like, you don't get it. I love this. I love this. God's, God's changed my water. See, God God changes our desires. And again, is it God? Is it us? It's both. The psalmist, Psalm 119, 36, 37. I love these verses. Same all the time to my kids. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. What is this guy praying? He's saying, God, my heart does not love what it ought to love. It's pointed at other things. God, you've got to incline it. Bend it to your truth. Bend my heart to what... I ought to love. And then the next verse is even better. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. You know, you know where our eyes are, go? Your eyes go to what you want, right? Yeah? That's why you, you see those guys will drive by the motorcycle place you know, like this, you know, drive by the new, the new car, the new race car, you know. I mean, our eyes go to what we want. And the psalmist is like, my, my, my eyes are on the wrong things, worthless things, stuff that doesn't matter, money and position and power. and, and oh, It's all on the wrong things. God, turn my eyes. And, and do you see the effort, God's power there? What's, what's he doing? He's praying. Praying demands effort. Man, he's coming, he's getting up early, he's coming to the Lord. He's playing, God, this is, I know what I need. Give it to me. But then he's praying for God's power to change his heart, change his eyes. Scriptures are the same way. What, What do we do in the scriptures? You know what we do? We pray that God would reveal to us Jesus. The more we see of Jesus, the more our heart changes. The more. The more we love people better, the more we find joy in the Lord, the more we bear the fruit of the Spirit, the more we see Jesus. Second Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord. As we see Jesus, we're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. That's the way it works. Man, I'll tell you what. I, I, am, I am more impressed with Jesus now than I was five years ago. And five years ago, I was more impressed with Jesus then than I was five years before that. And so on, all the way back. The more more I see Jesus, the more my heart changes. How do we get that? You got to give some effort, okay? You got to give some effort. You know what? You're probably not going to see him on ESPN, you know? Maybe, I don't know. I mean, God can do it every once. But you're probably going to have to, Scriptures, probably gonna have to worship. Probably have to give effort. Bonnie, we got to give effort to worship, don't we? Do you know that if you do not give effort, worship's nothing but radio. Some of you got the radio playing all day long, just playing. If you don't give effort to say what the words say, if you don't give effort to get your heart right, man, you got to give effort. And then as you give effort, you trust the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let, let's, let's link this. I think we're out of time. Thankful for my phone, because if I don't have my watch, if I don't have my phone, <laughs> you're in trouble. Um, verse 14. And again, we're going to pick up here next week. Do all things without grumbling or questioning. Now, the reason I, I want to talk about it just a little bit here is because it's such a beautiful example of what we just talked about. Okay, do all things without grumbling or questioning. Why, why is that important? Why, why does Paul say that as the next thing? You know why? Because it's going to be really hard for you to be sanctified. It's going to be really hard for you to work out this glorious stuff that God has worked in if you have this habit of, of grumbling and complaining. You know what grumbling and complaining says? Grumbling and complaining says, man, my it's not good. My life's not good. People aren't good. My family's not good. My job's not good. My situation's not good. None of this is good. You all irritate me. This situation irritates me. Okay? Grumbling's the anti-praise. You ever thought about that? Praise is, God, you are good. What you've done is good. What you're doing is good. Grumbling says, God... You've not quite done it, you know. You let me down. This is not good. Life's not good. I'm not good. None of this is good. How can this not be good? Okay, if we're working out our salvation, what do we got? We we got all these riches, justification. Is that not good? You being declared righteous before holy, is that not good? The indwelling spirit of God, is that not good? Adoption of the family, is that not good? Forgiveness, is that not good? Atonement, is that not good? I mean, all of this stuff is good. It's good. And when we work it out, we're, what we're doing is we're saying, God, you're working in me. I, I'm not who I should be. I don't feel what I should feel. I, I don't love what I ought to love. But I'm giving effort and God's power is accompanying it. And you know what? I am going to be different today. And I am going to be different tomorrow. You know what grumbling says? Grumbling says, it's all just worthless. You know? This is bad, and there's nothing's gonna change. And those little hellions in my house, they're just making my life miserable, and I'm just always gonna be miserable, and it's all just bad. mean, that in itself is a denial of all of this. Yeah, it might be bad right now. But you know what hope I have as a Christian? God's done all this for me, and we're working it all out, and I'm going to be a different person tomorrow than I am today. Is that exciting? That's exciting to me. I'm not happy with everything I am right now, but I am happy that God is at work in me. I'm going to work out my salvation so that God's going to give me a will and the power to become who who he's called me to be. And I'm going to be different. Different, 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 different. Man, how, how can I live as a murmur? We'll talk next week. Next week we're going to pick up there. That's one great example of, man, we got to work it out. we got to work it out. Let's work out our salvation, church. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for all that you have worked in us. I thank you, Jesus, for saving us for just dumping your riches into our lap. God, we want to work those things out. We want to live those things out. God, we want our justification to change everything in our life. Thank you, Spirit, for your power. God, with, without your power, God, we're doomed to fail. But God, with your power, God, we, we will be different. We will change. We will, we will be transformed into the image of your Son. God, we're excited about that. Lord, do that in us. Do that in us today, Jesus. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.